With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thanks for downloading the show. I'm Emma Kennedy, joined in studio by a man who is singing along with air guitar to the theme tune. It's Kevin Blake. Hello. The At The Races pundit who has the world of stable tours available on the At The Races Jumps microsite, which is available for you now at AtTheRaces.com. It's actually jumps.attheraces.com, if I remember correctly. But your latest is with Willie Mullins. Yeah, got hold of Willie. He's always he's always a challenge, but I got him. <laughs> if Vanessa Ryle used that kind of terminology, there would be absolute pandemonium on, online. Yeah, I finally got hold of Willie. Oh jeez. Um, he was good though. He was oh, good. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, look, Willie at this stage is always very non-committal, but it, it's always good to get an update on all those horses just to know that they're that they're back in and they're doing everything they need to be doing. Yeah. And they're near enough ready to start back. You know, that's what it's all about, really, you know. And we had no repeat of the almost apocalyptic incident of on a twos out for the oh, season. Jesus. But that would... I'll have to tell that one again for the benefit of the, of the new listeners, but we won't yeah. do it right now. No, no, just very briefly, you did an interview with Willie Mullins two seasons ago, and he dropped a bombshell. And so I, I, I was doing it alphabetically. I said, we're go along through the horses, and I said, and what about under so, Willie? And he says really nonchalantly, He's out for the season. I'm like, oh, right. And I'm there racking my brain thinking, yeah, have I missed this? Has this been in the paper? And I just didn't see it. exclusive. And I'm like, oh, I kind of tried to get him to kind of talk about it some more. I'm like, oh, geez, that's, that's, that's really, that's really unfortunate. Like, oh, that must be a sickness. And he's like, ah, you know, that's National Hunt Race and these things happen. And kind of brushed it off. And so I said, I continued on, finished up, finished up the rest of the tour. And I'm still a bit shell shocked with the whole thing. And we're obviously at the U's at that stage. So we didn't have too many left to go. So when we finished up, I said, Geez, Willie, sorry again about Honda So. Um, that, that's wicked. I said, Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, Kevin, good luck. Thanks for that. So I put them on the phone. And I'm sitting there and I'm searching on Google and searching on Twitter, trying, trying to find any reference to this. And there's no reference to it. So I, I'm like, Willie Mullins has just given me the biggest exclusive of the season so far in a completely nonchalant way. And like, what am I to do with this? Like, would I just tweet this right now? Like, this is big, big news. I said, Jesus, I have to ring him back. And I hate ringing Willie because he's so busy. Like, you yeah. know, I said, I have to ring him back. And I know I'll probably know him by ringing him back, but I have to ring him back just to double check, just in case. And I ring him back. He's like, hello, Kevin. Like, <laughs> Willie, <laughs> look, I just want to double check now, just... But it, it's un, under so was out for the season, just to clarify that. And he says, yeah, 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 under so. Well, who? No, 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 on a toe. <laughs> on a toe was out for the season. Like, oh, sweet Jesus. 
That could have been the end of me. That could have been uh, absolute good night, good luck, see you later. And that was the end of Kevin Blake. Big tweet and capital letters on Twitter. Under so, out for the season. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Blake mopping up all the money on the exchanges <laughs> would have been the accusation <laughs> Willie Mullins seems strangely unconcerned <laughs> strangely nonchalant Mullins loses stable star for the season thankfully um, that uh, didn't happen but that this year's stable tour with Undertow uh, unfortunately still out for the season but Undertow uh, Undertow I think is in the, the, the race horse the riding horse classes is that where he is I, I think now? so okay. yeah is he paraded I, th- I think he won it at the Dublin horse show you know he paraded at the curve the other day but Undertow will be back in action very soon uh, it is a Warm welcome back to the show to our good friend, our close friend, a man who Twitter has been calling for for a very long time, Tony Keenan. Welcome back to the show, sir. Good evening, all. And another man who Twitter have been asking us to bring back on the show for quite some time, but we haven't announced it until, well, just before recording this podcast, we sent out a tweet saying he's back. The last time all of us were together, this man tipped up a 50-to-1 shot for the opening race of the Supreme Novices Hurdle at Cheltenham 2017. And how we all laughed! How how you laughed! Absolutely no (laughs) chance! But this man knew what he was talking about. It's the return of Jamie Codd, known to some as the Codfather. (laughs) Oh, God. How are you, lads? (laughs) He hates that so much. You're, regret- you're regretting this already, aren't you, Jamie? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. Uh, it even. Reigning champion amateur. Last season, we didn't really get to talk to you afterwards, uh, but what an emotional time it was for you to punch us down because Patrick came with that late burst which made things just so dramatic. Like there was the trainer's title which went down to the wire uh, and your race as well. How satisfactory was it to claim that title? Yeah, like it was, it was great, Emma. Because I tell you, just when you set your stall out from the from the from early in the season to, I suppose to go at something like it was, it was nice to get over the line. It would have been, it would have been hard to take now had you been had you been chin. But uh, no, it was great, and you know, it's nice, it's nice to have it. Like I, I'm an amateur jockey, and you know, to to get an amateur title on the track, it's it's fantastic. And it's, I was looking at the trophy there. Uh, when I got it, and there's some savage names on it, and it's it's nice to have my name beside him. So, like, it, it was a big thing, and family and all there, and little girl and my wife, and you know, it was just it was it was a great day. To be honest, I know the lads from at the races met you on Gold Cup Day, and uh, and you were posing for photographs with with children who wanted to get autographs with you and photographs with you. And what's that like having so much attention being been thrown in your direction? Um, I don't. So I don't know really. Like I don't guess. I wouldn't say no. I'm, you know, you're not Brad Pitt or anything. So it's not. It's not as if you're you're at it every day or anything. But it's nice. Like it's it's great when it, when when a when a young lad there or a young girl recognises who you are and they want an autograph or want something. Sure, you know they're the future. And um, you know it's it is nice. And sure, you you go out of your way to 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 kind of cater for him, won't you? And for those of us who should know better, there was that um, very famous video that Kevin Blake brought up for us last year and it was of you coming into the winner's enclosure on I think it was Cause of Causes and one of our British listeners was yelling at you as you're coming back into the parade <laughs> ring Go on the cut, father! <laughs> Go 
don't want the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There was a few of those. No, all right, but there was there was one in particular I can remember. All right, he was very vocal. <laughs> but vocal good, vocal good, vocal good, vocal good. Vocal yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Vocal good. Yeah. Never get upset about vocal good. Um, the vocal bad you need to worry about. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, here you don't really worry. Vocal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just take take the good. Focus yeah, on the all, on all the good as best you can. Uh, exciting season ahead for you because uh, Gordon obviously is going to have more of an influx of the Michael Leary horses um, following the split from Willie Mullins. So instead of him preparing all these point to pointers and then them being dispersed to Willie and to others, there may very well be more of a focus on on Gordon getting these horses. Um, is that the case? And if so, what kind of an exciting crop do you have coming through of newcomers? Oh, yeah, like uh, Gordon has an unbelievable amount of horses there now. Like there's there's over 200 right now. It's, it's a massive team. I think he was going through there the other day and he said for his bumper horses, he's well over 50 to run, you know, which is Whoa. remarkable. Um, and, you know, there's a few point-to-pointers from last year. There's the horses that they bought at the sales. Um, so, like, they're, yeah, they're going to be a lot of bumper horses to come out there. I'm not sure now whether, like last year, obviously I was filling in for Nina in the garden camp in, in, mm. in bumpers. So I'm not so sure like I'm going to be riding a whole pile of them this year. I'd say it'd be more for maybe the jumps, amateur chases and that like, and and those kind of races. And I'd probably go back, I'll go back to my bread and butter now, point to point, and I'd say for the year, you know. So I probably okay. won't be riding as much on the track on a Saturday or Sunday this year. But that being said, he does have so much strength and depth that, and the O'Learys aren't afraid to throw their own in against each other, that there'll be plenty of occasions, I would imagine, where there'll be multiple entries for him in, in bumpers, and that could end up with you clashing with Nina. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I kind of take it as it comes, Emmett. Whatever way here, it's just, it's nice to be, it's nice to be riding good horses, and if I have to go to a bumper for a garden, I will, and if I have to stay in a pine-to-pine field, I'll do that as well, so... You know, I, I'm kind of in a good position. Like last year, worked out. It was it was nice to do it. Uh, whereas this year, I'm able to go back point to point and, and give a full commitment to that. You know, so uh, you know when I need it, I'll go to the track, and when not, I'll stay where I am. You know. And one horse we know now. We're going to focus on novices uh, in this edition of the podcast, but we got to ask you about one horse who I know you're going to partner at Cheltenham. Please God, you'll be fitting well to do it, and he'll be fitting well to do it. And that is the mighty cause of causes, who's going yeah. to have to have a statue made to him when he retires, because he <laughs> is some little weapon of a horse. An incredible record at the Cheltenham Festival. A fine run for you in the Grand National as well. He almost did it for such a small little horse as well. Uh, he's really taken to the cross-country game. What will be the plan with him this season? I, I'd say Emmett like I'd say something fairly similar I, I, like he's back in training and all there in gardens he looks brilliant um, I, I I don't really know I can't imagine there'll be too much of a rush on him there after till after Christmas and, and see where he goes from there I'd say if they can get him back to entry well and good uh, but I'd say the first objective will be the, the cross country race in Cheltenham and if he has a run before then I'm not sure I'll leave like Garden will organise that but I can't imagine him being too busy before before Cheltenham to be honest um, but maybe entry after if he came out with Cheltenham alright you know Is it five Cheltenham runs three Cheltenham victories is that back to back is that right? Yeah four he's three he's three Cheltenham wins and then he was second in the Kim Yor. That's right So he's four four um, you know So he'll be he'll be four. going for his fourth 
consecutive Cheltenham Festival victory that yeah, this season. Yeah, that's that's him, you know, for for the little horse he's he's only barely sixteen one I'd say. He's uh, you know and but Bred to be a Derby winner. Yeah, that's which is the strange thing about it because I remember when he was owned by Betfair Racing. Um, my my boss listens to the show, and his brother had a share in him when he when he won the the Ladbroke Hurdle for um, for Gordon, and uh, that was a pretty special day for the lads. They had it right off. Although there was the funny story of the fact that Gordon was very confident about him, and then he walked into the parade ring. The lads had all put the money on. And Gordon said, listen, lads, we're here now, so we'll take our chance. But if this was Ireland, he'd be an on-runner. He's no chance in that ground. And they all went, oh, oh my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he ended, he ended up bolting up, actually. Uh, he won quite well in the end. But he, he's been an absolute star for you. And if he did go and win another cross-country, um, particularly given your association with him, that'd be some story. Ah, yeah, like, um, yeah, he's a remarkable horse, do you know? Like, to do what he's done... Uh, three Cheltenham festivals, second in Aintree National, uh, uh, Labrook Hurdle, second in the Galway Hurdle. Do you know, sure, like, my God, he doesn't know anybody, anything, and um, do you know? So, and he's still young enough, like, do you know, yeah. like he's he's not gone, he's not gone by it either. Like you'd imagine that this year should be, you know, another good year for him. Please God, he stays in one piece and. We all stay in one piece, you know. Please, God. Well said. A shocking omission from Kevin Blake's stable tour with Gordon Elliott. But Kevin can only speak to him about so many horses. And one of them, who he spoke to you about, was the wonder mare from last season, Fiona, who is from the immediate family of Solarina and really seems to have taken after her. I mean, she was a wonder mare. Um, she picked up where Limestone Lad left off uh, for the bows, and she was absolutely superb. And this horse looks like a, a hugely exciting prospect. Was it somewhat emotional seeing Davy Russell take over for a hurdling debut? Oh, not at all. No, cheapers almighty, not at all. I had, like I had a fantastic year. My job was done, so I'm happy enough to hand over the reins there. Like you know, those lads are riding over hurdles every day of the week. Um, it is a different. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'd find it I'd find it harder myself if I was to ride over hurdles now I'd find it harder to ride over hurdles rather than fences okay you know so is it because no, it's just a different way of approaching it is yeah yeah you need like hurdles you're kind of it's it's different it is different like whereas I'm riding over fences every day of the week and you'd have a better better line on it but over hurdles you have to keep the revs up and different speed now over two mile over hurdles so no listen I'm happy enough she's in good hands with Davy and uh you know, best best of luck. She's going to have a good year, please God. She started off great the other day in Fairy House, and no, please God, when the ground gets soft again, like she's going only, you know, she's only going to come into herself, you know. Yeah, and Sol Arena was just unbeatable, Kevin, on soft ground two mile four. Like that's if if Fiona can be half the horse she was, she'd be something else. Well, Sol Arena wasn't much of a wasn't much of a mare in bumpers. She only took off when she went hurdling. So. If uh, Fiona can take off when she goes over hurdles, good God, considering the level she got to in bumpers. And Jamie, you were involved, of course, in the purchase of this horse, initially bought to run in the Aintree bumper. We spoke to you about how special Cheltenham was, but then you backed it up at Punchestown, and she looked hugely impressive there as well. Yeah, no, she was good. She was very good. Like Cheltenham, like Cheltenham, she was awesome. Like to do what she did, to miss the break, and just, you know, to win the way she did. Um, and then to get back to Punchestown and to back up that, like, it's very hard. You don't see too many horses coming back from Cheltenham and, and winning in Punchestown. It's, it's it's rarely done. And for a mare to do it, like, it's incredible. But she is, she's a, she's a very good mare. I will say she she's an older mare. She's a six-year-old. 
So mm. it's not as if she's a, a four-year-old or five-year-old. She has that bit of hardiness on her side. And, uh, you know, it stood to her that day in punches now because she came back and she never missed a beat. And, um, no, she was awesome now. And, uh, you know, she's she's just a very good mare. And, and please God, now she'll, she'll show herself off again this year, you know. And the plan for her seems to be Gordon Elliott learning from Willie Mullins. Let's win races at the Cheltenham Festival. Oh, look, there's a mare's novice hurdle. Thanks very much. That'll do nicely. So it seems as though that's what she'll be aimed at. Yeah, Cheltenham is Cheltenham. Yeah. I guess win, win what you can. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'd be all for that. It's very hard to win there. And, you know, there's no point in being in the wrong race. You might as well be in the right race for yourself, you know. So here, listen, there's a lot, there's a lot of water to be to be crossed there first and um, you know she'll go to Down Royal in a couple of weeks there and hopefully on the Christmas and, and see what happens after that but like yeah I, I, I'd imagine the mayor's hurdle will be where she should end up you know and it's, it's a funny one because people when Gordon said that in, in the stable tour did with him a lot of people complained you know and I think um, uh, Tom Seagal um, criticised that, that line of thinking I'm pretty sure in the paper is there that last Steve, week is that Stephen Seagal's cousin <laughs> is it Seagal or Seagull? Whichever, Seagull. Um, and, and look, uh, it's one of those things, it's going to take a small bit of getting used to because we haven't had um, a mayor's programme there, really, a real good one. But we're starting to get one now. And, you know, nobody criticises the best fitty for running in the 1,000 guineas rather than the 2,000 guineas. And we're gonna, we'll get there. You know, the, the mayor's novice hurdle is a new race. Um, and people would like to see if likes of Fiona, you know, the best bumper bumper horse around last season. They might think she should be in the supreme novice, but I think as, as time goes on, the best mares will run in the mares novice, What's and then they'll go into open company the following year. Um, yeah, or, like, or maybe like, maybe the mares hurdle. Yeah, but it's it's October, like. Do you oh, know, I, oh like, I know, yeah, who, but who it, knows? Like, like that's the plan. Yeah. everyone makes plans, and you know, there's a name there at the far side, but like. You don't know where they're going to end up, really. You're just hoping to God that they get there in one piece. Listen, who's to say she could run the Supreme Novices? She might not, but who knows? But, like, uh, I don't think by just saying that she's going to run in the Mayor's Novice Hurdle, like, like she was bought to run in in, um, in the entry bumper, and then plans change. So, like, plans change, and that's it. So, hopefully she gets there. No, oh, yeah, it, it's just more so just making the point that, you know, People see a lot of people seem to almost, you know, be immediately against the concept that she might run in the mayor's novice hurdle. Whereas I, I take the view: look, that's the way the wind is blowing with with national hunt horses. They're trying to do everything they can to encourage fellas to have mares in training. Yeah, and it's just it, over as time goes on. I think it's just going to be accepted that that a good mayor will go for the mayor's novice rather than the supreme. And I, I'm okay with that. I think that's fine. Yeah, there's a mayor's well, if, they put, if they put on a race for a, for for a horse. You know, that's that's where you probably should go, you know. Yeah, but, but sure, look, we all complained about the mayor's hurdle for the first few years of that. It was, you know, it tended to be a very one-sided race. You know, Quivega won 25 of them. But look, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. But look what we ended up with last season. Yeah. You know, a fabulous, uh, a fabulous a race with three proper mayors. Yeah. And that's what you get when you, when you invest... Uh, and look, I've been vocal against the mayor's hurdle, more so taking the mick. But yes, <laughs> yes, you have. Uh, but when you put a bit of time into trying to put races on for mayors, and, and the mayor scene has been very underdeveloped in National Hunt for a long time, but there has been a big effort made to to give more options for those horses, and there has been a response. People have been more willing to put mayors in training, and uh, we're starting to, to to reap the dividends a little bit. And I, th- I, th- I think we should embrace that. Yeah, and Jamie, just briefly, as somebody who's involved in buying racehorses, how much better do you think it is that there are these fillies options now at Punchestown, Aintree, and Cheltenham? Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Like, there's a mayor scheme there. Like, there's 
some years there can be more um, uh, Philly foes than 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 Colts. Like so, you know, you have to you have to cater for Phillies. There, and as we've seen on the flat this year as well, like the Phillies are flying. So yeah. you have to cater for them. And you know, if they step up into into open company and they do run against the Gatlings, you know, brilliant. But you still have to have the mayor's race there as well to cater for the other ones you know thanks Jamie for opening the door for me being able to say hydrangea again <laughs> which for those of you who, who don't know by the way because people were tweeting over the weekend that is a Desi Scal reference and only Desi Scal reference it's not just my pronunciation um, how do you think she'll do over hurdles this season she was very pleasing the other day yeah very good the other day like you're going around two miles around the inside track around Fairy House on ground that's you know just yielding so as I said to you like um, a stiffer test there softer ground and um, you know she'll be fine like she only gets going in the last half a mile in her races so um, you know she she definitely wants a stiff test you know over two OK Tony what do you make of the form of last season's champion bumper? Ordinary I, I, I'd be sceptical of it at this stage to be honest um, I, I don't think the time figures were anything exciting which is what I'd like to rate bumper horses off um, the one horse who would excite me it wasn't maybe obvious in bumpers. It was another one that Jamie rolled. It was actually um, not long after Cheltenham. Actually, made it in the Sunday at Cheltenham. It was um, Manella for dollars. He's in, oh, yeah. in Alan Colors. Uh, Gordon Elliott. He won at Navin. I'm actually a bit surprised. He's, I think he's still in Alan Colors. He may not be in the next time um, he runs, but he's one that went into my tracker as an an interesting one that wasn't really from the mainstream bumpers. Um, obviously, I have all these theories about these races here at the minute but that are liable to be blown out of the water and I'm liable to be a totally different theory when I see the prices that next time Fiona runs. You know, this is the, but that would be my theory at the minute that I would be slightly sceptical of the champion bumper in Chatham, but um, that's liable to be proved otherwise. No, I had a question for Jamie there. Um, Jamie, I think, is a real interesting story when you think about it. Like, Jamie, you're, I reckon, I'm reckon was doing the maths here earlier. I reckon you're the same age as me. <laughs> oh Jesus! Sixty-five, old man Keenan. Sixty-five. I was, I was, I was charting by, looking back through a few your, your, your good, your good horse that you would have ridden over the years. I remember you riding one, a horse of um, Pat Martins. I used to love August of Vic. He was a ripe one in Hunter Chase. I remember you riding him. He won the, the Raymond Smith and Leperstown a couple of times. But it's yeah. interesting that you come to the four, like. You're a champion amateur last year. You have five winners in Cheltenham in the last three years in your mid-30s. Do you think you're a better jockey now in your mid-30s with experience or do you think it's a byproduct of opportunity um, in the last couple of years with maybe Gordon getting a bit stronger and, as you say yourself, Nina been out last year? Sure, like, yeah, sure. It has to, it has to coincide with Gordon getting bigger, to be honest. Do you know? There's no... That's the only way I'd be kind of looking at it. Like, uh, to be fair, like when I started off, I was in Willie's and rode uh, rode plenty of winners for Willie and 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 plenty of others. But then I went predominantly then point to point, and you know, so like uh, point to point takes up plenty, and you know, you're you're not on the track. You know, you're 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 missing every Saturday and Sunday. You're going point to point, and, and you know, when you're chasing down someone like Derek O'Connor and point to point as well, it takes up all your time. So. You don't really get to the track. And I'd say as well as that, Tony, I didn't really, for the summer then, I went off and put on a bit of weight and, you know, I went off on holidays and kind of went to grass there for the summer, whereas the last few years, um, you know, as you get older, you know, I got married, 
have 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 a, have a child. So you know, you have to you have to think about the other side too. So <laughs> tell me about it, Jamie. That's that's you know, all like... about it. But you, you strike me as very very level headed about the whole thing, and I don't know if that's a thing that comes with a bit of age, and that you tend to maybe be a wee bit more appreciative of, of success. Like you look at maybe a lad like. Um, Brian Cooper skyrocketed at Cheltenham there. He did the three winners, Ted Veal and the few, and he was only a young fella. And just how hard that fall can come then when maybe you lose a job like Gigginstown and Jack Kennedy again, lots of success, and then the chap has a, has a knock with a broken leg. It, it can be it, it can be um, hard to take. Now, on the, just on the subject of Gordon, I'd love to ask you this question about Gordon. A lot of people talking in the last few days about how what makes Aidan O'Brien good. I'd love to know what made Gordon Elliott good because any time I, I do a lot of writing about Gordon and Willie, Jesus Christ, the two of them, uh, I spend six months writing about them. They're, they're, they're up and down the, the walls in this house and typing about them the whole time. But like Willie, you can sort of see where it's come from. But Gordon, the scale of Gordon's achievement, achievement where he's gone in five years or in, even in three years, is mental. Just look at the numbers. Like The chap equaled Willie Mullins' number of winners in Ireland last year. And maybe three years ago, he wouldn't even had 70 or 80 winners. What do you think has, has seen him leap so much? Now, obviously, Michael O'Leary has helped him, Jamie, but there has to be more than that to it. Uh, what people don't realise about him, Tony, like, the man is incredibly driven. Like, uh, you mightn't see it in him or anything, you know, but the drive that is in him to get winners, any winner, like let it be a selling hurdle around Plumpton or somewhere. It is unbelievable. Um, I I think he's just such a good trainer of an ordinary horse. Um, I think he's phenomenal at it. I think he's able to get these horses, uh, get them so fit, get the best out of them. Uh, he'll run them where he needs to run them, and uh, and then you know, and that's him. But and like you, uh, most trainers will train good horses. I, I always believe, but. A true test of a trainer, I think, is ordinary horses and bumper horses. And it's no, you know, it's no coincidence that Willie Mullins and Gordon Elliott are the most successful at that at the minute. How much of an influence was his time with Martin Pipe on Gordon? I don't think a little bit. Like, but I think Gordon is his own man. He's his own ideas. Um, he's so so intelligent. He knows every last thing about the the schedule, the, the, the book and that, like, you know, for races, mm-hmm. race planning. He's just very, very, he's on the ball. And I'd say as well as that, he's put in a good team around him. And he's a very good friend in Simon McGonigal there and he's his right-hand man. And he's there with him through thick and thin. And then to have the level of riders coming through, the likes of Shane McCann, Joey Elliott, Bobby McNally, all these lads coming through um, as well. And they're all there and they're still there. And they're, do you know, they have a winner. Do you know they celebrate it? They're all happy. It's 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 a big, it's a big team, and he keeps them all together. But they are driven. I swear to God, the drive in that place at the minute is they just want winners, winners, winners. And uh, what they're going to do for the winter, I swear to God, if you know they'll they'll have some winter. It's interesting there, just with Gordon. Um, he, he's already nearly shown himself to be a, a trainer of trainers with um, Ollie Morphy. Again, that's that's another testament to the man because. Um, Ollie Murphy is only a young chap again, and he's over. He's been banging out winners um, all over uh, all summer over in England. And I often think, like um, Paul Nichols is, is obviously the prime exponent of this in the UK. And it's a thing that Paul Nichols, I don't think, gets enough praise for. Um, Harry Frey uh, been one, and Dan Skelton obviously been another trainers that were assistants to him and are now top class trainers in their own right. Mm. 
and Gordon seems to be starting that out. And I'll tell you, I don't think Ollie Murphy will be the last one to leave Gordon's and be a very good trainer in his own right. Um, I, I, I just think that's another very uh, say, impressive aspect of, of what he's achieved. Yeah, well said. Ah, yeah, but if you don't, like, to be fair now, Tony, like, you know, if you're in a place like that and Ollie was there all the time, he was assistant trainer, he was in the office seeing what was going on, he was racing, he was on the gallops. Do you know, like, he was setting himself up as well and he's a young lad as well he's only 24 or 5 or 6 or whatever he is like he was setting himself when he went to garden whatever 5 years ago this is what he's, he was doing like he was setting himself up to um, to be a trainer and a lot of people that go in like that at that age like all these young trainers coming through that's what they're doing like they're they're trying to set themselves up Harry Fry Dan Skelton um, just to name a few uh, Ben Pauling do you know that's what they're doing they're they're learning from the best and then they're going out by themselves, you know. It is going to be a fascinating test of Gordon Elliott's skills to see what he can do with Palisader this season. He's already got one win in the charity race. Well, I'll tell you what, um, speaking to people, I wasn't actually there the other day, but he behaved himself really well prior to the charity race. He, he apparently behaved himself really well down below Tipperary. He went down and, and, and ran in the school and hurdle and he seemingly jumped well. Oh. Oh, yeah, he's last. He, like, if, if he stays going forward, <laughs> he'll be grand. He's a fair, he's a fair horse, yeah. Very yeah, talented horse, lads. Yeah, very talented. I mean, he was yeah. really high class on the flats. So, uh, what have you made of him so far in his work? Uh, I, to be honest, I haven't. I haven't been in. Go- I'm actually going in in the morning again, but I haven't been there for the last couple of weeks. But uh, uh, he's the boy. I saw him in Tipperary there a few weeks ago, and he went around. Not a bother. Jumped well done everything grand but like as I said if he stays going forward a little bit like LeBake but this lad is way better than LeBake do you know what I mean like mm. this lad could this lad could be a, a serious horse so we need him to refuse a few times get 50 to 1 on him <laughs> and then smash in again <laughs> in the Supreme <laughs> uh, let's talk about the King's Theatre gilding that Tony mentioned Manila for Dollars uh, who was so impressive in that Navin bumper winning by 8.5 lengths uh, how taken were you with him on the day Jamie? Yeah, I love him. He's a nice horse. Um, I won his point to point. Dennis Murphy had him when he won his point to point down Linkstown. He, um, you know, he won well that day. And then he went to the sales uh, and nobody bought him. And he came back and uh, John Allen owned him then. And he sent him to Gardens. Um, he sent him to Gardens then to run in a bumper. And he, uh, he won. I, I was very happy with him in in um, in Navan. To be honest, now he only got going in the last kind of two furlongs um, so he's possibly going to be a bit of a stare do you know he, he probably wants a bit of a stamina to win around there on heavy ground but he's um, I think he's been bought by JP since ah. so um, he, hopefully he'll be running in, the, in those colours next and um, yeah he's he's a, he's a lovely horse to be having for the winter now he, you know he's unbeaten and um, you can't knock what he's done so far yeah 100% he, he's been um, He's been impressive to say the least in what he's done so far. Yeah, um, I don't know how does how does Tony do with the with the time ratings like like Navin and Cheltenham and all those places are so different. Like, what do you mean? Like, how is he more impressed with Manila for dollars than he would be with Fiona or um, other? Do you know? I'd love to give a simple explanation, Jamie, but but I'm not an actually authority at doing them. I would just read Simon Rowlands there in, in the Irish field. I just think he's an excellent judge of them. Um, basically, the way it works is the standard times for the tracks on various different grounds, and and it would depend maybe 
he was obviously appreciably faster than something else that running the maiden hurdle that day and even taking out the hurdles he's, he's a lot faster he's, I think he's run to a figure that's broadly in line with what Fiona's done now and obviously she's at four runs and he's done he's already reached that level in one now obviously his form rating wouldn't be anywhere near that but um, I would just like that as an angle because um, what I'm saying is, and just I'm only talking from a betting point of view which obviously doesn't interest you like everyone knows Fiona's won two grade ones you know what I mean whereas yeah. Yvonne has done something that Time-wise, is probably not far off, all, but people are looking at that and saying, "Well, sure, that's only an old nav and bumper there after Cheltenham. So, who's going to be running it in decent there?" No, that's a that's a very black and white way of looking at it. But th- that would be that would be my way into it anyway. Yeah, I just thought the farm the farm and Navin hasn't turned out either. Like so, like I don't know, like do you know that kind of way beyond the law. I think was behind him, and he's been only okay in in maiden hurdles and bumper since. And there was a horse of Jesse's, I think, after. I don't know whether he's been out, but it's just been grand form. But he won well at the line. But it, just, it was interesting to see, yeah, on times, how he was, you know, comparable to Fiona. Yeah. You would regard him as a staying prospect. Does that mean that whatever he does over hurdles is going to be a bonus this season? Oh, I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's he's, he's bred to jump a fence. And, and um, I'd say Gordon will probably treat him that way as well. That's... That, um, you know he'll 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 run away this this um this winter over hurdles and see what he does and then with a, with a view to go and chase him the following year. Okay. Yeah. But when I spoke to him, he described him as a staying chaser in the making. Right. Mm. Mm. Let's bring in a horse that Kevin Blake highlighted in the podcast with Liddy Hislop um, as being one that he's surprised there hasn't been more of a reaction to because Gordon has described him as a really exciting horse and that's Monbeg Worldwide. Yeah, Smasher. Like he's. So big. He's about seventeen one. Mm. You know, he's huge. Um, he's an absolute beast of a horse. Uh, for him to win three bumpers last year, you know, it's a it's a fair testament to what he might do this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see when he's out uh, where where he fits in with with all the gardens. Like you have to get up, like garden. It's such a year of of bumpers last year. Like it's it's you know you Sam Crofiona, uh, Monbeg Worldwide, Manila for dollars. Cracking smart, Jesus, the, the the list is endless. Like so, um, but he is very, very good. Uh, I, I'd nearly put him in the same league as maybe um, the presenting horse that got killed a few years ago. He won, he won three bumpers as well. Um, what was his name? Mm. Uh, he got he, he got killed in Cheltenham, didn't he? Poor thing. He no more heroes. Yes, no more heroes. Yes. Wow, you I put th- him up there. Oh, I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't win three three winter bumpers. Uh, as a four-year-old rising five, and um, and not be a very very good horse. Wow. Okay. Uh, you mentioned cracking smart as well. Uh, just another one as part of this huge arsenal. He's by great pretender. What can we expect from him this season? Um, sure. He won the other day in Punchestown. He was he's very good. Um, I, I, he's he's in the same boat like a typical one in Jiggenstown. Um, it, they they tend to buy the staying chaser, and that's exactly what he is. You know, he's going to win loads of races. Um, you'd imagine he'll 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 pick up a graded hurdle somewhere along the line. But I'd imagine chasing is going to be his game as well. You know, uh, blow by blow missed all of last season. He was transferred over from Michael Leary from the the Mullins team. Um, he did win the Punchestown Champion Bumper. And he was always being talked about last year, but didn't quite make it to the track. Is he back in training? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's been doing a good bit of um, uh, dressage and, and 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 all that kind of work. Lisa O'Neill and and um, 
Emily McMahon I think have been doing a good bit of work with him so uh, yeah he's in go- he, he's in good shape now from what I've seen and um, I'm, I'm not really sure what the plan is with him he was there last year for a while and he was nearly ready to run and, and they decided to let him off um, to give him a bit bit more of a chance so listen if he comes back to the track he's a, he's a Punchestown grade one bumper winner so you know he's he's going to be a fair addition as well for, for novice hurdles you know And does it look as though he's retained his ability? I, to be honest, Emmett, I don't know. I haven't seen him work. Uh, he's cantering away there at home. Um, but uh, to be honest, I don't know. I, I, I can't see why he wouldn't. You know, he hasn't got knocked around. He's had a year off, but um, I can't see why he wouldn't. And you talk about the frustration of the National Hunt game at times and how you can make a plan, but that doesn't always mean that it's going to come off in jumps racing. Lucky Pass is another example of that. Another Willie Mullins horse uh, who was a, a bumper winner for him in 2015, missed all of last season due to injury, but he's back in training again. Yeah, he's back. Um, not sure the plan with him, but he's he's a he's a nice sharp horse, and you know, um, he's another fair addition. I've never actually sat on him, but he won his point to point in Lockmore, I think. And um, yeah, like there you go. He's another one now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so jeepers, it's 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 impressive now what he what he has to go. You know, to Warwick. Uh, a horse that I really liked last season and he was beaten on his hurdling debut is Polly Roy. He cost £300,000. Um, a little bit disappointing behind Fiona Punchestown and maybe a bit of a surprise that he was beaten odds on on his debut over hurdles? No, I, I, yeah, a little bit now, but I, I tell you, he's um, he's a round little horse and I, I'd say the improvement from run to run is going to be, you know, he... He, he's very idle. He he just does what he has to do, and I'd say I'd say he's going to be a horse that will stay improving and improving away. Um, I I actually thought he ran very well in in Punchestown because he's uh, he's still a very very green horse. Uh, I know it's you'd be looking at me or listening to me going he's green, but he is. He's mentally a very green horse, and um, I think he's a horse that's only going to get better. He missed the second last in uh, in Galway. And he came up around the outside looking like he was going to win. And just got, probably I thought he got a bit tired. And knowing these horses, I think if they ran again, I, I know which horse I'd be kind of favouring. Okay. There is one I want to talk to you about. And you mightn't be too comfortable about talking about this horse now because he's very much under the radar. <laughs> and I know that um, Gordon is is quite secretive at times and he wants to to protect things like it's like the CIA at times you know don't give away too much information but uh, Kevin and myself spotted one um, that's that's really flown under the radar not many people are talking about him at all but we said we better mention him uh, it's a little horse called Sam Crow um, <laughs> I think think this one could be decent you know he he, he could be alright sneaky one what, what can you tell us about this real sneaky one on the list <laughs> um yeah, he's a monster, isn't he? God Almighty, he, he just—he genuinely could be anything. He's—he's he's so good. Um, his daddy is—is is a phenomenal sire as well. He's, yeah, do you know he, what he's bred like from from a, maybe a short supply of mares um, or a or a small supply of mares. It's incredible his stock that he's had, and this lad looks like that he could just finish off um, and be very, very good. And now, Jamie, you said you were there at Tipperary a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And Gordon had a big team of horses up there, including Sam Crow. Yeah. 
do you have any snippets for us now? Because there's there's been some rumours flying around now about about some of these schooling hurdles and what have you. Do do, do you see anything there that that raised your eyebrows a little bit? Um, in the schooling hurdles. Yeah, uh, in anything you saw Tipperary, there's a lot going on there. Is this like hint, hint, wink, wink, kind of? No, no, no. You, I wasn't there. I wasn't there, but you, you were there. Did any, any what, what horses really jumped out at you there? Of gardens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit late now, but the bumper horse, <laughs> I, I, the bumper horse last Thursday in in, in Punchestown. Uh, ah, stop. Was, was very good. <laughs> Next thing you'll say, Ben Dundee as well. <laughs> Uh, no, they all galloped well. Um, a lot of them have ran that that kind of galloped in Tipperary. So, you know, I'd say whatever has, whatever has uh, ran the last week or that was what were in Tipperary. So, there's probably a few more there that are may, maybe a week or two behind. But um, the, the silence, yeah. the silence <laughs> that you gave there probably made Gordon as he listens to this go, oh, oh no, don't <laughs> don't do it, Jamie, don't do it, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> Just briefly back to Sam Crow. I mean, look, 50, just the 15-length win on his on his hurdling debut sent off a fives-on shot. Um, Cheltenham aspirations, because obviously we're already focused on anti-post bets for Cheltenham. Yeah, he, did, he didn't go last year. Uh, they looked after him really well. Like He's a huge mm. horse. He's 17 hands as well. He's massive. And um, uh, they, they, you know, he won... I won a bumper on him in Punchestown, won a listed hurdle in, or a listed bumper in Navin and then came back and Lisa won on him in Fairy House there around Easter time. Um, they could have, do you know, they could have went to Punchestown maybe and they didn't. They they said they put him away and I think they're going to reap the rewards from doing that like he's, he's, he's a monster. I don't know what Tony thinks on his time farm or his whatever there but um, yeah, he's a serious beast and it's it's funny like they're, they're kind of blowing him to be a three mile chaser um, potentially that's what he is but he is not slow he's he's low the pace and um, you know I don't be surprised if he's a supreme novice horse at all like you know for for a big boy now I like his jumping technique Jamie oh, he's very neat listen he came from Colin Bowes um, the, the amount of schooling those as would have done Barry O'Neill on him there um, schooling him Cheapers, they, they'd be jumping every, every day of the week as a three-year-old to a four-year-old, you know. Yeah, he was slicking up over his hurdles. Now, that, that, I mean, yeah. Like, you know yourself, these maiden hurdles, they're fives on, you know, they're, 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 you know it's a huge shock if they don't win, but I, I'm looking at their technique more so than anything else. Jeez, yeah. You'd have to be really impressed by him. Yeah, sure. sure he's just a racehorse, isn't he? Do you know? Mm. Mm. You know, all the good hurdlers, all through the time, they were they're very slick over the hurdles and this lad is no different, you know. The experience of the ill-fated no more no more heroes, and really on another day he would have won the potato race. And, and last year with debt duty getting beaten, at it, do you think that would mean that Gordon would start to veer away from that race and look towards the Neptune instead? Uh, I don't think so. If, if Gordon has something that that he thinks is uh, is right for the race, he's going to run it. I, I don't think. Uh, to be to be fair, um, and I think Gordon has said it himself, like um, that duty went over there, and he probably just. Did, I don't know. He just probably didn't react over there. He was a little bit quiet in himself, um, and he ran that way. And you know, I think he came home and he was a little bit under the weather, and then he ran a brilliant race. I thought I thought his best run last year was nearly when he came back to Punchestown behind um, Bacardi's. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a brilliant run 
and you know he, with, with chasing in mind um, you know he's going to be he's going to be a fair horse for this year yeah, third to Bacardi. He is a fair, is a fair horseman this year, no? Third to Bacardi is a result that probably had you going, oh no, not Patrick, feckin' Mullins again. <laughs> uh, that day. Because I remember Kevin and uh, and Gary said in, on At The Race as well, the stars are all going to have to align for Patrick Mullins to, to catch Jamie Codd. And then basically he won everything that day. It was ridiculous. Yeah, but <laughs> listen, that's the power of the Mullins camp, you know, and Patrick is very competitive and when he gets, you know, I'd say I'd say you shot yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, I couldn't do anything about it. Do you know, like you could, like, you could shoot him or something. Ah, no. He can't win races if you've shot him or if hit him. You're riding, if you're riding, if you're riding against him, you can pin him in or do something. But like when you're in a bumper, but like when you're when you're sat in the when you're sat in the way room, there's not much you can do. So there's no point in getting too worried about it. You know? No, I didn't. Honestly, that's. I was glad I got my. You know, I, I had a winner on Tuesday and I had two winners on Wednesday, and that 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 lasted me home, and I was delighted. But like, if he was going to come by me after winning fifteen grade ones, a bunch of them fair play to him. I can't believe that Kevin Blake just suggested you do a Tanya Harding <laughs> to Patrick Mullins and punches down. Now keep an eye on that. If he ends up picking up an injury in the in the weigh-in room this year, we'll, we'll know what happens. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen that third to return to documentary about Tanya Harding, it's worth a watch. She, she was a she was a figure skater, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, pr- pretty pretty f- infamous incident there in the nineties, early nineties, eighties, early nineties. Was it? Or was yeah, it late, or was it late eighties? <laughs> it's worth chasing up it? it's pretty <laughs> scary stuff to say the least speaking of debt duty two starts over fences two wins yeah he was awesome the other day I thought he'd come very well very neat uh, he was a bit fresh in Tipperary I thought but mm. he was still good and you know he was going to win well and that little mistake at the last and you know sure he came back and he done it well but like punches down the other day over 2-2 uh, he got into a good rhythm and I thought he was very very neat he's probably not the scopiest in the world he's not a massive big horse but if he can if he can be as neat as he is jumping he'll be fine he'd do me all day long anyway and Tombstone's gone over fences made a, a debut where he finished second yeah Tombstone yeah um, you know he's he's a fair horse in his own right um, probably just falls a little bit short maybe but he's going to win plenty of races isn't he yeah here's, here, so. here's one for you now Jamie because you would have ridden a heap of these horses in their points and mm. the likes of me, Emmett and Tony wouldn't necessarily know about these fellas yet. Is there one there now that's a little bit under the radar that you want to point on that might go um, that might go hurting or might go to a bumper this year that wouldn't be on the tips of everyone's tongue now that, that you're excited about to see what they do? It may or may not be with Gordon, but just a, a, a horse or two that you're very excited about going forward this season. Um. Yeah, we'll put you on the spot. I'll come back to you. <laughs> right, well, while you're thinking about that, let's just quickly talk about Sutton Place. He's going to go novice chasing for JP as well. And he looks like a horse that when it comes right for him, he's got a huge amount of ability. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, he's he's um, he's a huge horse as well. And I'd say he's only coming to himself. Um, Mahler, uh, I'd say they minded him well last year. And I'd say with, with chasing in mind, but... Um, He's a beast of a horse, and he 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 could potentially be a Gold Cup horse in two years' time. Ooh, He's huh. that good. Interesting. And that'll be music to JP's ears. Yeah. Uh, Empire Burlesque, another one for the mighty Gigginstan stud. Uh, novice hurdling on the agenda for him. Yeah, nice nice horse. Won his bumper in um, in Fairy House last year, and 
you know, he's he's another he's another horse there to see where he fits in. He probably wants a bit of okayish ground and um but he's he's a sharp horse, he's by Cape Cross and he's a sharp horse and I'd say he you know, he he he'd be a two, two and a half miler, but he's he's nice as well, you know, he you can see him stepping up to a graded level somewhere over hurdles, you know. Uh, he beat Fulham Road, who's a horse we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, because he was a mm. bit of a. But he was very highly regarded. They were, they were talking about him uh, about him as a champion bumper horse at a couple of di- different stages. But yeah, yeah, he's been very difficult to train. Yeah, uh, so that's been, interesting. I think he's been yeah he's been a kind of a disaster to train there. But they do they think the world of him and Willie's and uh, you know so uh, I suppose to beat him last year uh, Empire Burleigh probably has to be a, a good horse, you know. The mighty LeBake is going to go novice chasing when he comes back this season. Uh, he won't be won't be back, I don't think. Is he, I was going to say, actually, is he going to be back in training in the new year or is it a case of wait till next season? I, I actually don't know, to be honest. Um, I don't think the injury was as bad as the first figure, so there is a good chance he will be back, uh, whether he'll be back for... I'd say they'll, they'll probably see how he goes and when he comes back into training and maybe see, see what happens and... Um, but I, I don't know whether there's a big plan. I, I actually haven't. When there's when there's t- over two hundred horses in gardens now, <laughs> you, can, you can get a bit lost, you know. Yeah, I think Gordon was saying like that. There, there's a, a small chance that he might be back for a run this yeah. season, but it's probably going to be in next season. Okay. Yeah, might be good for his head to get a year off. You know what I mean? <laughs> Could come back a new man. Yeah, you never know. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> right, you, you, you've you've had time to think about Kevin's question. What have you got for us? I no, sorry, I was talking there, so I haven't thought enough about. It. <laughs> oh, for goodness sakes! That's proper. That's proper Gordonelli stuff. Let me ask you this then: of the horses with other trainers like Willie Mullins, Jessica Harrington, Noel Mead, who would you be very much looking forward to seeing over hurdles or fences this season? Over hurdles or fences this season. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of haven't thought about it. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd save Jamie here. I had a read at Gordon Elliott's stable tour there, um, and I give you a couple of horses that I thought were interesting that maybe weren't obvious, and I tell you why you like them. a few names there of, of, of other uh, these, are, these aren't all obvious ones, or at least I don't think they are, but your people might have a bit of an interest in following them. Um, the storyteller has to be interesting this year for it to win a good handicap or oh, yeah. um, Gordon went and won that Martin Pipe race with the second string with the, and then he went on and won a grade one and punches down so the storyteller has to be one to keep on side reading the stable tour there his, um, his injury wasn't too serious we've already seen Gordon do a job there last week with Ben Dundee horse he got from another yard um, thought a really interesting one he got from a small yard uh, Sue Bramall a horse called Diamond Coachwa. Uh, he he has broken me you know, a couple of times backing him in handicap board with some soft ground but um, he has ability he struggled with consistency uh, I would say there's a, a day or two at least in him a proper test a three mile handicap board maybe Charmix was one he was actually quite positive on as well I think he's after getting him from Harry Frey he was due to run in the, in the what they call a race in Neppertown the charity race he was a reserve he didn't get in so interesting to see how he gets on and the other two or two horses I was keen on, was keen on last year, a pair of Philly and a mayor. Sort of a wee bit disappointing, but Denaria, the Zobo and Barra, he, he said that the two of them have had the wind on. And um, that would interest me slightly. But then they, they're the ones that are a bit less obvious out of Gordon's that I thought um, among his 200 horses that were, were quite interesting. Although, Jesus Christ, you could be listing 50 there and you still wouldn't 
get anywhere near the best of them, you know? Yeah. Apple Jade is the is the one, do you know, she's somewhere like do you know what I mean to do what she's done. I, I can't wait to see her again this year. Like she's I think she's only gonna get better. The suggestion seems to be this season that they'll they'll pretty much go down the similar route to last year. So Hatton's Grace would be the early season target for her and mm. then back to defender title at, at Cheltenham. You at reckon Cheltenham, yeah. she could be even better this season? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. She's um she thrives on racing and, and you know She's she's just she's an incredible filly and uh, yeah I I just think she gets better and better on racing and I think she'll be very hard to beat wherever she goes this year you know. Before you head off, let's get the Jamie Card. No pressure on you having put up a fifty to one winner at Cheltenham last year uh, on our live at the races preview night, which was watched by millions of people. I don't have the official figures in front of me, but I know that at the races were blown away by the figures on the night. Well, I'm not very good at judging viewer numbers now, Kennedy, but I'd say there was at least 10 billion viewers. <laughs> <laughs> so so you bankrupted a few bookmakers anyway with the LeBake tip, even if I was skitting laughing at you on the night. <laughs> how, how I regretted you, that. You, you, were more, you were more concerned with Polly Roy or Rolly, or whatever his name is. What's his name? Uh, Kevin Blake's horse. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's far, no far mention, more. No mention of him. He didn't get any mention. Well, sure, Don Polly's out of training, isn't he? He's out for the oh. season. Poor, oh, old, right, poor old fella. We listen. Be this certainly in the gold cup. This entire down. show would have been dedicated to Don Polly. <laughs> if we not given to Kevin to hunt for the year, no. <laughs> oh, I'm on the list. Don't worry about that. <laughs> He's been transferred to Joseph O'Brien's apparently. We're going to have a job done in there. Now, apparently Kevin's going to take him to Golden and Kevin's going to do a bit of... He's going to, go, he's going to start up the hunting game. He's going to head out with Vanessa Ryle a few times a week and uh, he's, he's going to try and, and, and get him back in action. Isn't that what the key to him? Didn't he go hunting last year? For yeah, yeah, himself in yeah, the bake. He's done a bit of hunting. I think he ran, he ran the first day and then uh, did on a bit of hunting and all with him. Yeah. He liked it and... Lebeck didn't like it. He refused the, day, the next day afterwards. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get him back. We'll get Don Polly back. Lebeck is Lebeck is anti hunting. Uh, let, let's get the Jamie Codd horses that you expect from the ones you know. They can be Gordon's or anybody else's that you're oh. expecting to really thrive at Cheltenham. So the ones that you're really looking forward to for the Cheltenham Festival 2018. Well, for my own sake, I'm cause of causes. He's got he gets there, do you know. Man. Um, and I'd love to see where Sam Crow fits in, just to see how good he is. If Michael O'Leary came to you now, or Eddie O'Leary came to you and said, "Jamie, we need your advice. What trip should he be going? What would you think?" Oh, I'd say if you give them advice, they do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, there's no, there's no point in saying it. So, <laughs> um, what race would I go to? I, 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 I'd be supreme novice with him if he, he's, so, he's a, you know, he's very fast. But I, I just want to see how good he is. Um, you know, he hasn't beaten anything yet, in my opinion. But he's done it so well every day. But when you say supreme now, are you just? trying to do a bit of reverse psychology on the O'Leary's and you really want him to go for the Ballymore or do you actually want, <laughs> to, want him to go for the Supreme? 
No, I, I think I, I think I'd love to see him in the stream. Wow, because Eddie listens to this and he'll be out for a jog and he'll be going, "That fucking Jamie Coyle, I'll show him." <laughs> we'll, we'll go potato it, race with it him. Won't, that'll, that'll it show. won't be the fu- it won't be the first time or last time he'll say that. I presume the the mighty Fiona has to be on this list as well. Yeah, yeah, she, she, you know, yeah, of course she is. She's there and. Um, yeah, there's yeah, it's very, yeah. You know, she she's there on it absolutely. And give us one more <laughs> to complete, uh, a, to complete the a, famous lucky fifteen. Yeah, there's a horse. There's a horse there that I, I rode last year that will be running in bumper shortly. Uh, a horse called Rapid Escape. Oh yes, Gordon. Yeah, straight into the anthem uh, races tracker. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know this horse. Yeah, yeah, he's a really nice horse and. Uh, yeah, he'd be one to follow now in bumpers this year. I don't know whether he'll stay in bumpers, but he's 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 a nice horse. And I think Jesse Harrington has um a horse that came from um Colin Bowes last year as well. Um Madison de Burley or Madison It's not, not Madison de Burley anyway. No, Madison something. And um he's a big presenting horse. He won a point to point amongst friends. He's a nice horse too. So we'll have to dig that one out. Yeah, we'll have, oh, we'll have fun with that. Um, um, as as for the bumper horse, what is it about him that excites you so much? Um, he's just a big raw horse, and I just thought just the Land Rover didn't really go to plan. And I just think he's going to be a lot better. And he galloped well in Tipperary, and. He, he'll have no bother winning his bumper and he's he's, he's in the same he, listen he's not he, he's big in his chest now he, he's not in the same league as Sam Crow or anything like it but he's that that frame and that big horse he's nearly 16-3 pushing on 17 hands and he just you know he could be very good Jamie you're a good man to give us your time really appreciate it hopefully we will have you again for the Cheltenham Festival preview night uh, later this year <laughs> Well, not later this year. Next year, it'll be it'll be uh, late February, early March this year. So you're you're penciled in already for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be too enthusiastic about it, Jamie. <laughs> well, what was, what was brilliant last year was about ten minutes after Jamie arrived. You can just see in his face the penny started the draft that this wasn't going to be an ordinary Chelsea preview and he didn't quite know what to make of it at all. So. What, what, I think when you go onto YouTube, actually, the um, the start of it is, it's a little bit like the Joe Rogan experience where the, the Joe Rogan symbol is there and, and the um, the Iris team have the At The Races Final Furlong Podcast Cheltenham Festival Preview Night logo there but you can hear me saying to Jamie... There's no backing out now, Jamie. <laughs> You're on the panel and that's that. I hope I hope we all get there in one piece. Ed. Please, God, hopefully. Uh, I cannot wait for Cause of Causes this season, really. I mean, that's the one that I'm really looking forward to. But, Jamie, whether you're on the point-to-point circuit, in bumpers, partnering Cause of Causes, you're all favourite again. Whatever it is you're doing this season, I wish you the very best of luck. You're a gentleman. Uh, it was fantastic to see you win the amateur rider la- last year. A very deserved win because you worked so hard for it. And uh, may there be plenty more success for you again this season. Sound. Um, thanks very much, lad. Thank you. Jamie, you're a good man. Thanks for taking the call. Th- thanks, lads. Very good. Talk Thank to you again yeah. soon. God bless. Cheers, Jamie. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Jamie Codd, one of the absolute legends of the game and brilliant to have him on the Final Furlong podcast again. Um, he, not only is he a class actor, he's a good judge of a horse as well. Go on the Codfall. Uh, <laughs> 
Right, Tony Keenan, let's get some of your novice hurdlers, novice chasers to follow. So do you want to start with um, with some bumper horses from last season that you're looking forward to or go straight into the novice chasers? I'd love to say I have a massive long list of horses here, but um, I haven't really because I haven't actually done a hell of a lot of work for the jump so far. I've done a, I've a couple of, no, but, well, well, to be fair, to be we fair. We told you we were doing this podcast three weeks ago, Keenan. Jesus. To be, to be fair, Tony Keenan, and, and people have been worried about you, Tony. People have been getting in touch with us saying, what's going on? Why is Tony Keenan not on the show? By the way, somebody else sent a tweet to me the other day saying, uh, and, and as it happened, Johnny was on the line just before we, we um, started recording the podcast. Podcast. It's like, is Johnny Ward in the bowl corner now? No, he's not in the bowl corner. He's got two shows to work he, he, he's on. He's in the bowl corner. <laughs> Johnny's going to be back on the show very, very soon. Have no fear about that. But Tony has not only had the responsibility of his own job coming back, there is the benefit of three months off, but you don't get the uh, the stress that it is to be a teacher, and I wouldn't want that job at all. Cause it's soft, soft job. Oh, no, it's not. It's a really, really <laughs> stressful job. Um, so you've had that to contend with, plus, for some unknown reason, you decided to be a great idea to move house. So you've uh, had yeah. you've had all that going on as well. But you're finally back, Tony. I'm trying to do a bit. I have to try and turn out a bit for Betfair and GGs and a few of the lads as well. So it's sort of busy enough with that. But I, you see, you're going in here for this national hunt season, and you're you're building these ten to follow lists and all this sort of stuff. It's grand in theory, but then you're tying yourself down to. Horses to follow, you're your sort of fancy, and, and you know, I think anti post betting now is an awful challenge these days. Yeah, I, I was sitting down there to look at Champions Day last week, and I thought, I thought I'd give it a right look at it. Had a day off with that, that, that old storm there last week, and it was a down Monday, and had a right look at it. But Jesus Christ, you're, you're opening up your, 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 I went and I bet a few horses on Monday and Tuesday, anti post, and um. Jesus, do you know what? I've been safe for waiting until Saturday morning to back any of them extra places and, and, and different concessions and not even yeah. extra places. They just drift, drifted out in price. Anti-post betting is incredibly difficult, um, I think, in the, in the current betting landscape. Um, and it's made more complicated by, by the nature, I suppose, that Willie Mullins is, is so dominant over Jumpstick. And you just take the champion hurdle there. Of the top 10 in the betting, he is seven in it. Yeah. And sure, who, who's to say any of those seven would run? You know, his number one on the day could be horse, the horse that was number 15 on the list. Well, like, this, it, this... It, it, that, that, to me, that's a very hard market to have a bet in. And um, I don't know, maybe the bookies hate anti-post, but um, uh, if I were them, I, I, I would nearly welcome it because I think the, the overrounds are, are, are probably fairly tasty enough. I, I just think it's very, very difficult um, at this point. Look, there's, there's horses, obviously, I, I would have in mind for various things. Um, I mentioned one or two of them here, no problem. I liked Rafinden over the summer. Um, I thought he was pretty good. Mm. He was a very good novice hurdler in his days. Uh, Torta Fahin and Neptune, I think back in 2014. Uh, I thought he was excellent over the summer. Over the summer there, he, he won well in goal over Triple to be sharper of his best there. Um, he hosed up in Tipperary the last time. I know he got beaten in Killarney in between, but um, Willie said he hadn't been walking great before that. He'd be a horse. I'd be interested. He actually could be even interesting for a Drinmore. I think that has been mentioned in connection with him. He's a horse I'd, uh, I'd be interested in keeping on the side. Um, you know the horse of Willie's that ran on the same card in Tipperary, the novice order. Say, are he was racing against a horse of Gordon's Morgan, who had lots of experience and had reached a, a pretty high level. Um, and to beat him well on ground that Morgan would have liked, uh, I thought was a pretty good effort considering he, I think he was only coming from a Kilbegan. 
um, Maidenhard. Like they were two from Willies there that that would have that would intersmeal it. But then of course there's the, there's the possibility that um, that he's going to that he's going to have a few better than that. Funny, I, I like that Kevin's doing a bit with Joseph there. Kevin, do um, I was just looking a bit at Joseph there last year. How many horses over the age of eight do you think he ran over jumps last year? Oh, very few, I'd say. Uh, five or six. Yeah, five or ver- six. very few, I'd say. Yeah, I think yeah. He, he's going to become very interesting, now, Joseph, in terms of... Um, like we've a Jew Appley there with the two boys, Gordon and, and Willie. Um, it's, un, it's unbearable the amount of numbers that, that they're going to have. Uh, you had an excellent article up there about how forward Willie's horses are relative to previous years. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, and then the one about Gordon's bumper, bumper horses, again, excellent. But I'd say Joseph could be the candidate to be to be toured this year. Um, his season was a little bit underwhelming last year. He was probably hyped up in terms of he was getting all these horses from Ballydale. But so in the end of the day, they were all only running in a, in a, they were all only going to be able to run in juvenile hurdles anyway. So how could he have a good season with, with twelve juvenile hurdles? It was sort of impossible expectations on the chap, and people were saying just he hadn't a great season. He could be a different kettle of fish. Um, this year, maybe with older horses and horses coming out of bumpers, and he, so he's the Galway Hurdle winner there. That we've got to the stage now where a Galway Hurdle winner is nearly a graded hurdle contender. I think he'd, he'd mm. be better over um, two and a half miles myself. I thought the Galway Hurdle set up for him mm. with um, the good clip that went at the stiff track. So, what, what way do you think his his season will go, Kevin? I know you've a line there, but we're only even positive here. We're not looking for the inside track or anything, but. I know, like I think we all probably were guilty at the time, this time last year, of getting a bit too excited when we we saw that list of horses that were going into the yard out of Ballydoyle, you know, however many it was, you know, near enough a dozen kind of rated around 100, some of them rated a fair bit higher than that, but, you know, and and look, there'll, there'll be some horses coming from Ballydoyle again, I'm sure, but the thing is, is that, you know, by the time they're going into Joseph, so they've plenty of miles in the clock, yeah, and they've never seen a hurdle in their lives. And as as it turned out, you know, Land of Hope and Glory was the one that was just that bit more forward than the rest of them. And he did very well last season, but generally, you know, they ended up summer jumping. This 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 last summer gone. You know, they they take a bit of time to to get into the new game. You know, so I wouldn't necessarily be focusing on them from the National Hunt point of view. You know, he has a right batch of bumper horses you know and like you say the expectations were high going into last season but the numbers of National Hunt horses would have gone up and a lot of them um, are bumper horses they've come from point to points there's some very exciting horses there Um, I thought clearly biased but I thought he had um, a lovely horse that ran the other day in a maiden hurdle that was beaten by um, one of Gordon's shady operator um, ran first time out over hurdles and I thought made a, made a beautiful hurdling debut um, I'd say that'll be a good horse now and there would be ones from last year that transferred over that they decided not to do anything with from Belly Doyle so are they there's still a few that he can do stuff with now does he want to keep them for the flat or, or go no they're, they're, they're there to jump okay. they're there to jump Um in terms of a maybe one that people have forgotten about because we haven't seen him for a while, but is has, is very much there and is pretty much near, nearly ready to run is Triplicate. Ah, there was a lot of talk about him last year. Who is a real nice horse for Aiden, unexposed horse. He, I think his current rating is 101. And um, he seems to have taken the hurdling well. Wasn't the suggestion that he could be the best of them? That was the whisper going around at one stage. I can't recall that specifically, but he's... 
he's got all his homework done now and he'll be he'll be ready to rumble soon enough. Okay. The stable tour now would have included there wasn't anything left out of the stable tour. You know, that was that, yeah. that was you know, knowing all the horses, that was my best effort to put in the nicest but the nicest horses there, you know, but there's some there's some very interesting ones coming through. And, and you can um, get that stable tour by the way on jumps.attheraces.com. Yeah, and like Tony says, they're they're all they're all young horses. They're all very, there's a there's a lot of three and four year olds there. Um, a lot of horses running bumpers, an awful lot of horses running bumpers, um, and some just some very interesting horses. Full stop. There's one there that no one seemed to really pick up on um, in the tour. Um, I'm just going to pull because I forget these names. Um, the horses out of Four Bill. Do you remember Four Bill? Oh yes, yes. Um, McWinters at that horse. Yeah, Do- Donny Sheehan. Real was a lovely mare. Yes, yes. And. Um, Speakeasy is the name of the horse, and he actually has an, he holds an entry at the minute for for a nov, for a maiden hurdle somewhere, um, and that he looked a lovely horse when he won his point to point, and I'd say he'd be a lovely prospect going forward now as well. He runs in JP's colours now. He won his point to point last March and changed hands for two twenty pounds, and um, I'd say he'd be a lovely horse again. Look, he's a point to pointer out of a mare that was a very good chaser. He's going to be a longer term project, but I'd say he's very nice. Um, and it's just a lovely bunch of horses, you know. That keep an eye on the, the bumpers, especially the lovely bumper winner a few weeks ago, the Gunner Murphy first time out, mm. and um, any horse that wins first time out for Joseph. Now you can kind of because he he doesn't kill him at home, you know. And they gen- especially on the flat, like if they can win, if they can win first time out, they're very good. This this is the way that I'm nearly more interested in talking about this than talking about specific horses. This is the way. Um, the jump scheme is going. Um, super trainers, if you like, with hundreds upon hundreds of horses. A consolidation of power into a certain, certain few. But just bear in mind now that it's, it's pretty much a 50-50 split there now between flat and jumps. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's fair enough. I, if you, I did something last year when I looked at, let's say, trainers number six down to number 15 in the trainers championship five years ago. Um, and you would have had... Desi Hughes, Eddie O'Grady, Tony Martin, Christy Roach, Shark was in there, amongst others. All these trainers who would have been having 30, 40, maybe even 50 winners in a year, in a season, sorry, are now sub-20 a season trainers. Mm, yeah. um, I think it's the, it's, the, it's the most interesting development. It's also probably... The, the egalitarian in me would like to see it spread around a little bit more, but the, these this middle rank of trainers don't really exist anymore to, to a degree. Like you've got Gordon and Willie. I think Joseph will make the jump to probably be the third one, if not this season, within the next two or three. Um, Noel Mead, Henry de Bromhead, Jessica. And after that, there is a massive drop-off. It's then You're yeah. then going to Mouse Morris and Eddie O'Grady, you, but, you know but there's a big been, drop. You know who might have been the, the next highest tra- number of winners trained last year af- after um, those six and you had to be guessing here all evening John Ryan John Ryan ah, good man Kevin Blake he, tra- I, I, he I trains a sneaky amount of winners like a fair few now well, John Ryan can train him and I tell you he's a very impressive record in those valuable handicaps the chases the Kyle Cruz and the Draco places and the like of these to run away to see they run the race every day but I think that's one of one of the more interesting developments. Um, I think Willie Mullins, and again, I'm probably going to do an article on this next week, but I think Willie Mullins is going to have over 200 winners this year. 
actually, I, I'd, I'd actually go higher. Yeah, I, I, could, see, I could see it. I think, I think you'll have well over 2-1. I think you'll even break 2-20. Um, and Tony, when you see somebody like Sandra Hughes have to retire and, and talk about the emotion of that, and then one of her top horses like Acapella, Acapella Bourgeois, who is clearly a very talented horse, if slightly quirky or needs things to go right for him, and he ends up being given to Willie Mullins. Like, he wasn't handed to Henry de Bromhead, who's obviously a very talented trainer, or to a smaller up-and-coming trainer. He's given to the best trainer in the land. It, it is incredible that, that horses can improve so much out of um, what to my mind would be very competent trainers. Sandra Hughes um, been an example. She has trained Irish Grand National winners, Hatton's Grace Hall winners in, in, a, in a career that was only a couple of years. Um like Total Recall was the one, the obvious one there, winning down in Limerick. Uh, admittedly, that Sanders Horse probably went right last year. That is incredible. Um, I suppose an owner's looking at it and they're saying, well, why would I not go to Willie Mullins? Uh, I maximise my horse's ability. Like, that's almost guaranteed. Um, I suppose if you go to Willie Mullins, you're possibly only going to be another cog in the wheel compared to a, a rich Richie or a, a bigger um, owner, if you've only got the few horses, and if you go to a smaller trainer, you're, you're, you're possibly... I'm just thinking from the Acapella Borgia or Total Recall camp there, you're, you're going to be giving them a stable star, a very talented horse. That, that's the that's the trade-off that the owner faces. Acapella is a very interesting horse this year. Jesus, like, just seeing what he did with Total Recall... Mm. I don't think he's ever really going to be a Cheltenham or a proper punch-town no. sprint horse. But if he's on heavy ground, he, 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 is a, he is a very talented horse. He's, he's a very good engine. Um, you know, something like an Irish Gold Cup, Leopardstown, February, or Alexis would, would, would be a, an ideal race for him, I would imagine. But well, just on that point now, why that horse would say would be switched to Willie rather than... Um, a mid-range trainer was there, even a small trainer, something that not everyone would, would necessarily know. And it's a big difference between the jumps game and the flat game is that the likes of Willie and Joseph and Gordon, they don't, they, their trading fees are very similar to, to the, 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 the middle-range trainers. To, to more ordinary trainers, there's not a big difference in terms of training fee at all. You can't see this because, again, we still haven't installed the studio camera, but my eyebrow is raised. No, not at all. Not at all. Like There's a there's a very little difference compared to a middle-of-the-road flat trainer and a tip-top flat trainer. The difference is massive. Huge yeah, difference. Yeah. Like yeah, you, you, right. you go and... Um, try and put but a horse with, 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 the, with, the, with the sixth or seventh lad on the Irish list and then go to try and put a, a horse and train with one of the top trainers in Newmarket or one of the top trainers in the Curra. Um, you'll get a fright very quick. But um, believe me now, Willie's fees, Joseph's fees, Gordon's fees, they're very, very, very competitive Wow! Okay. In, the, in the scheme of things. Very competitive. So if you have a horse that you think has the potential to be a really exciting horse, and as Tony says... Willie does have this habit of improving horses. Clando Warrior been a very good example of that. Then obviously you go there or you and go to Gordon. And this isn't a state secret either. I think Willie's fees came out and the whole Gigginstown thing. Yeah, they, they did. They, yeah. they rose from, from 50 a day to 55 a day. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people said at the time, Jesus, really? <laughs> Is that cheap? Yeah, because a lot of people assumed he'd, be, he'd cost a lot more. But that's, you know, for, for a, a good middle-of-the-road trainer in Ireland, Flatter National Hunt, 45 a day. Is it would be a fair guideline? Okay, yeah, I'm sure there'll be fellas going, "Oh, my trader does it for way cheaper now." But that, <laughs> that's a that that's a good guideline, I think. I, I'd know I've 
personal experience now of good mid-range trainers that would be in that sort of zone. And um, I don't actually know for a fact with Gordon, but I'm assuming, but I know with Willie and Joseph that they're very much in that zone. Well, and I can only assume Gordon's the same. Michael O'Leary's given pay rises to his pilots, so maybe he'll be back to Willie Mullins and uh, work out that pay rise as well. <laughs> um, you were talking about the horses that you want to follow, and Kevin Blake's ears and his eyes just lit up straight away when you said Sayar, because this is a horse that Kevin has mentioned a number of times on the podcast. And when you spoke to Willie Mullins, he immediately mentioned the race that you thought he would go for on the back of his victory over Big Ben let alone his victory last time out, which would be the Royal Bond loves a Sertle. And that is exactly what Willie Mullins has said. Yeah, he could potentially go for the far auction, but I think there's only three weeks in between them, so he may just go straight to the Royal Bond. And uh, I'm surprised there wasn't a sort of a market reaction to, to his comments. Because I thought they were very positive. 25 to 1. He's 33 to 1 in one or two places still. I just, I'm just very surprised. I'm very surprised. Uh, I, I think he's very good. I think he's very good. But what he did to Big Ben was impressive, but what he did the last day was even more impressive. Yeah, I know, because that was that that race was run at a good gallop. You had Houses of Parliament there, mm. um, was set out to make it a test uh, of his jumping and his stamina, and, and he passed with flying colours. I, I thought he was very good. Uh, it's just gas the, the, in terms of breeding. I think we mentioned it at the time. Sayar is a half-brother to Detailed, who we've talked mm. about on the pod before, a filly that Joseph has, the one a listed race at Galway a few weeks ago, and detailed is tiny. She is tiny. She's under 15 hands. She weighs less than 400 kilos. That is tiny. And Sayar is, is seemingly 16-3 and, and riddled with scope and, and, and strength. Are we sure this isn't a Miguel Angel situation? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's really interesting. Very. Um, and maybe... Some of the odds compilers are looking at this and saying, or some of the betters are looking at this and saying, ah, but he's out early. How good could he be? Well, Hurricane Fly started early. Um, Willie's done this recently. What were his couple of novice, novice hurdlers that he won a heap of races during the summer and they both went on to be Cheltenham horses? Um, Long, Long Dog, poor thing, and Bacchuson. Yeah. The, you know, and they were, I know it wasn't, maybe it wasn't a vintage year that year, but they were, they were in amongst them. Yeah, but I, but I mean, I would, Highlight Hurricane Fly as being one that Willie Mullins said before his hurdling debut is, I think this horse could be special. And he made his debut early in the season. It was in, it was in May. Yeah. Actually, funny enough, I remember the very first stable tour I ever did at Willie Mullins. It would have been, I don't know, 10 years ago now. I went down to his house to do it. And the big, I think I might have told this in the podcast before, possibly, maybe We've not. already done one story before, so let's, uh, for I, new I, listeners I definitely the haven't done this one for years, but at the time... Excuse me, Cousin Vinny was the big hype horse. Oh, yeah. He'd become, I, I think from memory, the first horse to win the Cheltenham and Punchestown bumpers in the same season. And there was big hype about him. He was the supreme novice, Fav, before he ever jumped a hurdle. And um, we did plenty of t- I was obviously keen to talk about him and you know, get all the thoughts on him. But it, two or three times during the course of the day, he must have said it. There's a horse there, you know, Hurricane Fly. You know, make sure you give him a good mention now. He won his maiden hurdle there. However, this would have been, you know, three or four months ago at this stage. But man, be sure to, you know, he, he made, he, he gave me a poke basically three times and said, don't be sure to. He effectively to talk. slapped you in the face and said, oh, you, Hurricane Fly is better. Yeah, essentially. Wow. And to be fair to him, um, it does sound a bit like after timing, but you can probably dig this out on the internet somewhere. The other one he gave me that I came away and said, God, he was very keen on him, was a horse that had only won a point to point at the time, um, was. Um, it wasn't Kellis Bree, was it? 
Yes, Calisprey. Uh, good man, you good man. I wasn't. I didn't have that in the tip of my tongue. Good memory. Calisprey. Yeah, because I, I remember t- talking to you about it. Like uh, Hurricane Fly was the one that I was. I've said this so many times. Blown away with on his debut, and those comments really stood out. He did an interview with ATR beforehand, and he said, "I think this could be something special." But I remember you ringing me and saying, "This Calisprey could be quite good." And yeah. I think he ran in the staying bumper ended, at Christmas he, he time. He, yeah, he bolted off. Yeah. He, he ended up being a Grade One winner, didn't he? Over over fences, he did at some stage. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, um, but anyway, we digress. I, I, I was. And I, I gave him a good squeeze now and say, with regard to the ground, because that was a concern I had in my own mind. Like, how would he handle winter ground? Because he is a, an easy moving horse. And, and he agreed with me. Like, say, well, he is, he is an easy moving horse. He is a good moving horse. But he has such size and strength that he really should be able to handle it just fine. It's, so, he's a, like, when I said it to him, he's like, oh, to be honest, that, that, that doubt hadn't even come into my mind. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think it'd be a problem. Basically. So do you consider him at this stage, well, you've already said it, but just to confirm it for new listeners to the Final Frontline Podcast, and by the way, if you are a new listener, welcome on board. We hope you enjoy it. You consider him an early Cheltenham prospect? Oh, yeah. Third to treat the one like it's, you know, as Tony says, the Santi Post game is difficult now. There's very little juice yeah. to be found anywhere, really. Um, and if you're having a bet, you want to be having it at a wild price like that. And third to trees... Um, would be the only horse now to lep out of me, to be honest, at the minute. And twenty fives would be just fine. He's twenty fives with most with most bookies. Um, yeah, I think you could be in a good spot after after the Royal Bond. Tony, would you consider him a Cheltenham prospect at this stage? Ah, you would. Yeah, okay, I'm not having a Cheltenham bet at this stage. Not a chance. Uh, Do it, Tony. Do it. Until twenty eighteen, you know, I wouldn't have a bet this side of Christmas on Cheltenham. I've, al- I've already got seventeen lucky fifty sevens done, <laughs> which, which, which is fine. Like. Just it, it wouldn't be for me, uh, betting wise. I just oh, I happened to be chatting to a chap today. He asked me, "Do you fancy anything for chatting?" Him? And I sort of said what I'm saying to you, geez, I don't. But he says, "You know what it is about having a bet on something for chatting him now." He says, "It's, it's not about the money at all." He said, "It was quite perceptive." He says, "It's about you sitting on a twenty to one docket on something in March that is threes." You know, you know yeah. that sort of way. It's nearly more the pride of it than the betting point of view. Right, try to. Keep that sort of stuff out of it if we can at all. So it, there's nothing that would really appeal to me. I suppose lads are up on it. They, all, they all just want to post their betting slips on Twitter there and come march. Oh, look, I got 33 to 1 million. Look, I got 50s <laughs> yeah, I'm in not, million. I'm, I'm not taking little of that either because look, <laughs> those, those lads are enthusiasts and sure, look, they're doing no one any harm. No, it's fine. <laughs> a tenner or score there at 33 to 25, so good, good, good luck to them. But, Absolutely. Um, I'm working week to week, and um, I, I just it, it wouldn't be worth my time to sit down and start going through a Supreme or going through any of those, not Supreme, but even a Gold Cup or anything at this point. Like, to me, that's just wasted effort. There has to be an easier race the weekend when you know what's running and you know what the grass that's is. And, um, or even, 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 you know what? Even an anti post race in a couple of weeks, you made a, bit, a little bit of a chance, you know? Yeah. Um, something where you think maybe. Oh, there's a Betfair chase. Well, Jesus, I'm reading that that horse probably won't be running. Jesus, three to one. Well, there's 25 percent I can maybe take out. You know. Yeah. So um, I do think it's more a pride thing, or more of a not a pride thing, but uh, you know, lads do it. It's an enjoyment thing rather than necessarily I'm, I'm backing this to make a massive profit. It certainly is an enjoyment thing for me when I do like uh, an Antipas Lucky 15. But just very briefly, and to not render this podcast entirely useless, <laughs> uh, you were alluding to the fact that you think Antipas betting is, and you've referenced it again there, but particularly the Cheltenham markets. Like, I think we've discussed it on the podcast before, that it's very much a marketing tool for bookmakers, which is fine. 
you know, to quote Kevin Blake, that's fine. Fine. Uh, somebody hands Gary O'Brien a, a slip that says, Anna Mix is now 5-1 to one favourite for the Supreme Novice of Sardal, having won on its debut. Which is ridiculous. I mean, that's just such a stupid price for a horse. It's 10 to 1 and it hasn't jumped a hurdle yet. Like, do you look at these markets and think these are just dead? Not that Andy Post petting this guy's gone. I think compared, to, compared, compared to what it was, anyway. I, I would have, again, I have a lot of little theories and different things that I'm going into jump season with. And one another movie, this is just, you could apply this to the Andy Post markets if you want. Um, I think the novice chasers last year were an extremely strong crop of horses. Um, uh, Altior, Tesselcrack, Mightbait, Air Duke. York Hill! Down to York Hill, of course. Yeah, down to, down to Disco and, and these type of horses. Times would say they were exceptionally strong. Um, and that's fine. The times, are, the times are facts and that's great. But they're obviously spent last season, with the exception of Altior and Air Duke, who competed in open company, um, racing in their novice bubble. But I did think last week we got a little signal that they are quite good. Um, Road to Respect went to Punchestown, and I don't know. I don't know that he won a grade one last year, but I don't know that anyone would realistically have Road to Respect down as a, a Gold Cup horse this year. But he went and he beat Outlander and Sub Lieutenant well. Um, he, I'm just on time form ratings, I think easily he was like the 12th or 14th novice chaser around last year. Now I know it's Noel Mead and I know it's early, but I thought that was a positive sign for them as a crop of horses that he could beat those. Good grade one chasers from last year so early. Yeah. Um, that, that, may, that may be a way into it, possibly. Okay. And just to get back to novice chasers, so you're down on last year's bumper form. Um, Bacardi's emerged from the champion bumper. He had no chance yeah. at Cheltenham. He was completely uh, blocked in his run. Uh, he ends up teaming up with Patrick Mullins for the second time in the season and wins his second grade one and he's now set to go over fences he'd I mean he stands out a mile he'd rank highly on, on my list but for you in terms of novice chasers this season Tony um, in the middle of moving house and in the middle of getting back to work and having to write your weekly columns uh, for Betfair and for GG's what's on the agenda for you in terms of novice chasers for this season? No, well I absolutely I, I would concord with that completely about Bacardi's um, and I think the most interesting him, thing about him last year right the fact of the matter is every day he had a chance of winning he won right Yeah. so you can't knock him on that front uh, the interesting thing about him is that they didn't seem to like him in Mullins a lot of the time um, they, uh, he won the delight now I suppose there was a reason for them not fancying him in the delight he had had a setback and 2-2 is probably sh- sharp enough for him. But um, he still went and won. Cheltenham, I suppose, was a few quid for him. And then again, um, he runs down the field. In, he, he Sorry, he was down the peck and all the times of betting at Punchestown. But, but he just also just wins, you know? Yeah. Um, I think on a bit of slow ground. He's a very likeable horse. And all the more likeable because I think reading between the lanes, he probably doesn't work that well at home. Um, just judging where he, he drifts in markets, he, he's... Ruby doesn't seem overly keen on riding him. Somebody's like, Patrick's riding him, and you know he's toward their best-case scenario in those races. So, yeah, he, he, he'd be interesting to me on that point that he just doesn't seem to be one that they're, they're massively um, in love with. Who else? To, like, a horse that disappointed a bit of Punchestown from the same yard. Um, I'll boom photo. I thought he was pretty good at Fairy House, way better than the form. Um, just sort of got racing room from the last hurdle and, and finished out his race really well. A little bit disappointed with how he ran in Pontius Town. Um, 
that said, though, running him over three miles possibly wasn't the best idea. He made me more of a two and a half miler. He, he was he, he, he was pretty good. Um, not overly convinced about the form of that three miler in Cheltenham last year, the race to Penn Hill one. It was a race that fell apart now, to, to, to my mind. Um, that's one to be negative on. Debt Juvie didn't run his race. The, the what Constantine Bay got polaxed in a fall, and then there was another yoke that was absolutely tanking at the time. The world's end. Uh, the world's end and Constantine Bay. The two of them got in each other. Oh, don't ask them which one of them fell and which one of them got hampered. But they, the world's they were end fell. Going, really, going well at the time, yeah. and. Um, you know, to me, that took three horses out of it that were, you would think were big players. So I don't really know if I'm that enthusiastic um, on that form. Present Percy, I suppose, form-wise, would have achieved nearly better form than the winner of that would have achieved. He's interesting. Although, I suppose you can't really judge horses based on what other horses have done. Maldini really flattered to deceive all of last year. He was Ian Brown, Kim Muir, was Ian Brown. He just... Possibly didn't take the chasing. Um, again, a bit underwhelmed by presenting Percy in, in Punchestown. So, yeah, Bacardi's and Alboom Photo would, would, would be two that I, I would definitely be interested in. Plus, those two mares of Gordons, uh, Barra and, and Denaria, deserve, but just they've had the wind on. I, I thought they had just left the impression they could be a little bit better than, than they showed last year. There were, there were flashes of um, significant ability at, at various times um, from both of those. Okay, but in terms of having a bet for Cheltenham, no interest. You'd be much more interested in keeping an eye on these horses for the upcoming Grade Ones. Uh, well, first of all, seeing them make their debuts over fences, but then seeing them go into Grade One company later in the season. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's always horses in the novice chases who, who come, who absolutely come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, who, who would have said Matebait? Who, who even knew that Matebait existed as a presenter or a horse this time last year? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't even we didn't even mention him on the show last year. I mean, he's hurdles for him. Well, Any, I wanted anyway, to now, but you shouted me down from memory. Th- th- that's right, Kevin. Yes, I I shouted you down. I was going to put him up at fifties on on might bite <laughs> the scorpion that you were going to tip up at fifties for the RSA that had no form over hurdles and had completely bombed on his uh, previous trips. He shaped, he shaped well. He shaped that's well. it, Jessica. Yes, Kevin Blake. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Tony's given you his list. Kevin Blake, your list of novice hurdlers, chasers to follow for the 2017-18 season. Gosh, that I don't have a big long list now, but I'll deal with it with a really obvious one first, just to get him out of the way, is Petit Mouchois. Um, because, do you remember this time last year, you know, the, 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 the two-mile novice chase division just looked electric in the making. It did. You had Altior, you had Min, you had Bouverdere, you, you had one or two others. It just looked like one of those now. Um... Your identity thief. <laughs> <laughs> um, we laugh, but we did have him oh, at the stop. time. We did have him big, big time. And Petit Mouchois, not with a dissimilar profile, I suppose, in a way. But he, in comparison to this season, the division now wouldn't set you alight nearly as much. Yeah. Nearly as much. There's not There's not as many real nice two-mile chase prospects. And Petit, Petit Mouchois stands out like a sore thumb, really, to me. And... Uh, God, I really liked his, his chasing debut the other day. Now I really liked his technique. Um, I liked how he how he settled out in front. I liked how he did it. He did a small mistake late on, but that that was fine. And um, I, I just thought it was a lovely start. He beat a horse called Prelad, who who's no mug, had chasing experience. And um, I thought it was a lovely start. Rated 160 over hurdles. Uh, I to be honest, I know we're in October, like, but I thought the bookies might have even 
reacted more so than they did. Um, which you know, I suppose is a sad indictment of the the whole situation. But um, I thought he, I think he stands out a mile at the minute in that division. Like, like Tony says, something will jump up and slap us in the face um, at some stage, I'm sure. But right now, he stands out a mile. Finian's Oscar was fine, just fine. Um, I wouldn't see him as a two miler. I, I, he could potentially be an RSA horse. Um, you mentioned this on the last podcast as well. Do you think they'd do that with him or would he be more like a, a JLT? Mm, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't see why. You know, the owner, well-established, wants Gold Cup horses and maybe they'll, they'll just send him straight down the RSA route. I don't know. I certainly wouldn't be going near him for the Arkle. Um, I would see how he goes. I thought it was a grand start, but he, he'd need to do a bit better, but I thought it was just fine. Um, in terms of one that would stay a bit further, one that I would be looking forward to this season is Manali. Henry de Bromhead and um, we talked about him a good bit leading up to Cheltenham last yeah you like him a lot yeah I, I liked him for 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 I forget which race exactly I, might, I think probably was the Albert Bartlett I liked him for um, and he ran a super race he was second to Penn Hill and he's always been considered a, a, a big chaser in the making um, and I don't know they might end up going down more so to JLT route next this year perhaps I know Henry was very much in two minds as to where to, where to go to the Neptune um, or the Ballymore, as it's now being called again, um, or the Albert Bartlett. He eventually went for the Albert Bartlett and, and he ran a super race, but he's not short at all. And it'll be really interesting to see which way he goes trip-wise. And we, you know, we've come to expect Henry de Bramhead horses to not just take defences, but to improve for fences. And he's always been a horse in that mould. So I'll be, I'll be really interested to see uh, which way he goes in the coming months. And while on the subject of Henry de Bromhead, he has a lovely um, novice hurdle prospect that'll be due out soon enough. He was a little bit below the radar in bumpers last season, just a little bit, uh, more more so than anything, just because he didn't go to Cheltenham. But uh, Paloma Blue um, ended up being second to Fiona in the champion bumper at Punchestown. And he's very much being considered um, a chaser in the making. And I could see him being certainly a much better hurdler and a much better chaser after that. But he's a, he's a little bit under the radar. And he could be one for novice hurdles now in the, in the coming weeks. Um, but, you know, other than that, I haven't thought about it. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Yanworth today. I was up I was up at the sales all day at Goffs. So I haven't seen hardly a race. So I didn't see Yanworth. I, I, yeah, I, I, I saw the, the online reaction. People didn't seem to be blown away. Hmm. Did you have? Did you see that today, Tony? No, didn't see it, Kevin, no. Uh, Emmett we're fantastic aren't we I've been travelling all day and then ended up being late for this podcast due to physio but I do know it's just the case of some people were saying yeah he was he was alright but I, I, I think the quote going around was Kevin Blake's famous he was fine yeah, he was fine just fine I'll tell you what that duty now seemed to split opinion a little bit the first day but I was very impressed with him the second day I, I liked him I thought his technique improved noticeably and um, it was a much more assured effort he's a horse I really really like I, I'm glad that Gordon's coming around in my way of thinking that he maybe isn't a, a real out and out stayer. Um, we, we, we had it out over that. Like we didn't build up to Cheltenham last year. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Kevin Blake effect. Uh, Gordon, is there any set of circumstances that could lead to running him in the Neptune now rather than the Albert Bartlett? No. You no. tried that in the preview <laughs> night at the Emirates be- the week before. I tried it about four different times leading up to Cheltenham. Our preview he, he night. Wouldn't, he wouldn't have it. The week before our preview night with Boise Cod and, and Tony Keenan up in up in the Goat, the famous Goat, 
uh, in Dublin and he was just so dismissive of that idea. No, he wasn't. He wasn't having it, but I think he's coming around now. But I, I just liked him. Like, I'm just looking at my notes here for it. Um, I put jump well, measured. Mm. He was just very measured. When he, when he wasn't quite right, he was very clever. And when he was a bit long, he was very good. I, I just liked it now. I thought it was a, a mature performance now for his for his second day over fences. He was a little bit novice the first day. But I thought this was a an assured, um, solid jumping performance. We, we know the engine's there. You know, Cheltenham, uh, I think the theory that they came home with was that he just didn't travel that well. He, he came back looking light and he was quite dehydrated. And they, they, were, they were perhaps pointing the finger at that for his... His what was a below par performance, but then of course he went and was beaten at Punchestown after that. Yeah, um, which would worry you a small bit. But I, I, he was always a horse that was going to be better over fences. So I'm not, I'm not losing the faith in, in that duty just yet. If I was to ask you, and I know we've just had a conversation about the anti-post markets are dead, but for sickos like me, <laughs> who want to do an anti-post patent or an anti-post lucky fifteen, but you, we, what you, you an invention? Actually, can I just say? I absolutely love the tweets. I love the tweets that came in during the during the week when Gordon had uh, the. He said, "Oh, I had them all multipled up in lucky sixty threes," <laughs> and immediately people started tweeting at Final Furlong Pod sixty three horses. What? He only had six winners. What? What's he had about? What are you talking about? <laughs> six, 63 horses. And and then tagging friends in that as well. Uh, it's the joke that just keeps on rolling. Uh, it's it's the one you become famous for, Kevin Blake. Not that, oh, not that you weren't famous already. Just, but despite fears that the joke was old about a year ago. <laughs> apparently, it just continues to take off. So... Um, cause of Causes is obviously going in every single Cheltenham bet that I'm doing this year. The, the, your recent form with, with these anti-post bankers, Kennedy, has not been good. I'll, and if if this is to turn out in any way like your recent anti-post bankers have gone, he'll be 6-4 to four and he'll step in a stone in the morning of the race and he won't run. Well, that may very well be the case, but I'm trucking on with it. Keep it on going with it. And I'm, and I'm going to resist the temptation to after time. Uh, so... Cause of Causes is obviously the banker, but this is a novice podcast. So, Tony Keenan, I will give you first go at this in markets that are dead. No, you're not. You're not getting me into this. I, I'm going to give you the five winners of the five championship races if you want. All right, go <laughs> do that. Do that. Go completely off book. And I like the fact it's the five winners. And lucky five hundred and five. How many bets is five horses? Who knows? This will be a lucky thirty-one. What? Right. Don't don't anyone back these horses. This is a theoretical exercise, right? This is what I think. If someone had gone to me head and said, "You have to back a horse in the championship race," which is exactly what's happening right now. Go for it. The mini, the mini champion hurdle, Altior champion chase, Mike Bate for the Gold Cup, Apples Jade for the World Hurdle, and York Hill for the Ryanair. What? <laughs> there are so many questions to be asked. No, I'm not, I'm not taking any questions. <laughs> right. There you go. Grass is blue, the sky is red. I'm leaving. We're, Go on. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna debate that on another podcast, and we will discuss that on another podcast. Uh, novices to follow for Cheltenham, novices to back for Cheltenham. You have to race plan for Gordon Elliott for Willie Mullins. Say our presume is okay, your first say, one. Say our is the first one. Supreme will go Petit Mouchois in the Arkle. Interesting and. Third one for a lucky seventy-six. <laughs> um, 
Mana Libra, which race? Which race? JLT? Oh, I'm tempted to say JLT. Let's go JLT. 25s for the JLT. Let's go. He could go for the RSA, though. Ooh. What price is he for the RSA? That'd be the same price. It's a... Hold on. Hold on. If they went the three-mile route last season, they're going to stay on the three-mile route, aren't they? Probably. Or I could just put debt duty in the JLT. Ooh. Could he go that way? Oh, yeah. I'd say he's more than likely to go down that and go for that race. Well, stick him in then. 12s. Yeah, I have a nice spread of prices there. Yeah, and there then, we go. And then it's boosted by the 7 to 1 cause it causes for the cross country. <laughs> That's it. Thanks very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. It is great to have Tony Keenan back on the show. It's great to have the inside of Jamie Card again as well. Um, what an absolute gentleman he is. And I'm sure you'll, you'll echo my sentiments there. Uh, when I say thanks so much to Jamie for giving us his time. Uh, thanks so much to Tony for giving us your time as well, Mr. Keenan. Uh, you will be back on the show very, very soon. Next week, Candace Hare returns to the Final Furlong podcast oi, oi. as we'll be taking a look at something that is live on At The Races and also live on Sky Sports, the Breeders' Cup. It's the Breeders' Cup. Day one and two, Live. Bob Baffert doing something along the lines of saying, <laughs> as he stands beside a massive Burger King mascot, <laughs> what I got an officer is a superstar! <laughs> Do you know how much he got paid for that? The, bur- the Burger King said this thing. before, but how much was I it? I think I got paid a million dollars. Did he give it to charity? I think he gave some of it to charity, maybe all of it, I don't know. But he got paid a million dollars for allowing a Burger King man to stand behind him on television. As um, that's just good American bu- Pharaoh, good business. As American Pharaoh won the classic, yeah. wasn't it? That is some genius. business. Absolute genius. Tony, looking forward to speaking to you again very soon. See you later, lads. Have a good one. It was like and, you slammed but, but, a book there. Before you go, Tony, you, you changed the subject very quick, but I just want to congratulate you on, on moving house. Diesel laundering does pay, clearly. <laughs> And now, now, now Tony Keenan lives in the biggest house in Cavan. The house that Diesel built. It's very quiet now because I've, I've, I've put them all on the ground, you see. You see, Tony bought one of these farms that half it's in the north and half's it in the south. And he's got a on, on, on underground pipe there. So whichever way the, the old, the old uh, exchange rates and everything else go, oh, he just pumps it one way, pumps it the other way. But the, 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 the funny thing about that is, Kevin, you, you think this is all fancy, but there's probably two visitors and half a lot of what you're saying. Yeah, this is, this is some breaking <laughs> well, bad stuff right it happens, here. It of course it does. Bounce. Lab. But anyway, that's that from Tony Keenan. Good luck. From Kevin Blake. Good luck. From Jamie Codd and from me, Emma Kennedy. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for all the kind words in last week's podcast. Really appreciate it. Genuinely do. Kevin got loads more five-star reviews as well, which had him absolutely ecstatic. We will talk to you next week in the company whoa, of Candace Hare and another guest as well, briefly. Lads, it's so easy to give five-star reviews oh now. God. It really is. It's it's stunningly easy. Go into the podcast app, click on the final furlong podcast button, scroll all the way down to the bottom and just click on the fifth star, click on write review at the bottom. You don't even have to write a review. You, you click on write review and then you just press send and you're done. It's, re- it's It was easy before. Now it's really easy. No excuses. Steal phones. Do it now. Kevin Blake selling it once again like a champ. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you next week with Candace Hare. God bless. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting with Bet365, Coral, Labrooks and William Hill, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. 
Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.